Welcome to PSL Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 279. Yeah, I mean, every time when you come in, man, it's just that it's deep, it's slow. You're listening to the tunes of 101.3. This is Pure Hustle Podcast. Uh, Mike speaking here. And today we're going to be talking about, what are we talking about today? I haven't even looked at our uh, what we're doing today. So I didn't know how to title this, but, you know, again, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but it's how to keep a good reputation. Mm. And, and, and I'm not talking about it in life. I'm just talking about it on eBay or Amazon. I mean, both are applicable. Like if you think back to like some of the, the books we've talked about, you know, true, true, true. a lot of reselling, like we give the practical aspects of reselling, but a lot of it like filters into your life and how you, you know, live your life. And uh, it, it kind of reminds me of, I'm sure you might remember who said the quote, I can't remember. So quote of the week, uh, you know, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and it just takes a moment to destroy it, right? 100%. Something to that effect. And the same thing even is true in the reselling world. Like you can be working really hard on a reputation and you can lose it if you do some shady things or you mess up. And and so uh, well, you can keep, at least rebound faster in the recently. World. Absolutely. Uh, you're not ruining it for life. Uh, but uh, keeping a good rep- reputation is going to be very important because it's going to be increased sales. It's going to be more profit. It's going to mean when you have issues with eBay or with a customer, uh, more likely that it's going to get resolved. Right. I mean, I just had to, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, something got sent from Amazon to the place. We don't have a mailbox, but we have like we. Um, like pay for a mailbox somewhere, yeah, yeah. not, not, not a post a PO box, but like a, something similar. And we bought something pretty expensive from Amazon. It was like $120. It showed delivered. We went there and the place thinks that maybe they messed up. Maybe it got put in an outbox or something, huh. but they couldn't find it. And they were like, we'll try everything. We'll contact UPS, see if they accidentally picked it up. And after like three days, they were like, I'm sorry. Like we can't, we can't find it. Um, wow. And so what we did is we just contacted Amazon because they said we can't be for sure. We just think like maybe something happened to it. Um, so we contacted Amazon and we were planning on like calling customer service. But I think because we've ordered, we've had Amazon for years and years and years and years and years. We order so much through Amazon. And I think only twice in the entire time have we had to put in a complaint that it said something delivered what it wasn't. Correct. And they just instantly sent a new one. Whereas I'm sure if I had already complained 10 times this year, there'd be a little flag on my account and they'd be like, yeah, sorry about that. You know? No, no, that happens all the time. I mean, I, I'll share stories later on, but for example, and I'm sure they're listening, but there's somebody that has had to cancel uh, their orders on eBay and there's that drop down button that says buyer asked to cancel. Mm-hmm. And they've used that a lot because, you know, they're cross posting and they don't have the item and oh. <laughs> eBay banned them from using that button. Ooh. So, so obviously, you know, a good reputation is worth it. And that's the first part that I wanted to share about here is, you know, why? Why do we do this? But before we get into that, just want to say thank you to everyone who has signed up on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash PSL podcast. Our numbers are growing. We're actually, you know, we're not close to where we were, but we're at least a quarter of the way where we were. I think not even a quarter, but we're, we're getting there, uh, you know, because Buy Me A Coffee shut down and that was our major support for us. And so we really appreciate if you would partner with us and, and jump on board Patreon again. Go to the link below or you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and just sign up uh, for one of the tiers. And just it, there's no paywall for our content. It's just a way to continue showing support. We can continue providing content and hopefully we get to a place where we can get back to, you know, two, three episodes a week. I mean, one time, I remember one time we were doing like three. Yeah. And then we lost some sponsorships with the whole Spotify yep. kind of, I don't know, what do you call that? Uh, adpocalypse. I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but it, it just, yeah, things went south after that. So, yeah. 
All right. So thanks again for all of those of you that have already supported us. And some of you have, are still continuing through PayPal, uh, just, uh, you know, helping us out there. So thank you. All right. So why a, a good reputation? Now, you had mentioned some of these, but I want to get into this a little bit more. The nitty gritty. The, the nitty gritty of it, because I got to tell you, eh, reputation means a lot. Like a lot of people discount it. And again, I'm not saying 100 percent. If you can keep that 100%, I would do everything in your power to maintain that 100%. And we'll talk about that later. But, you know, having high 90s on eBay and on Amazon, it's really hard to have a high 90s. But if you can do that, that's great. But it generates more sales. And here's some of the reasons why. First of all, is generally, if if you have a good reputation, that, that, tells, that tells individuals that you've had consistent sales of items and you've consistently provided great customer service, right? So if you have a high number, it doesn't have to be like in the thousands, even in, in the hundreds, it looks far better than somebody that only has like, let's say a hundred feedback and they're already like at 80%, you know, in their, in their feedback score. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just think about when you buy something on a website. Um, sometimes you look at, I mean, if you're buying on eBay, I certainly look at the, the seller. Um, but like if you're buying something on Amazon, you're looking at how many reviews, and what it what what's the the average of the stars? So, if even sometimes something you know you could have a hundred percent, but if you've only got five sales, that's not going to look as good as a ninety five percent with ten thousand sales in the last month, mm -hmm. right? Because both of those things kind of work together because it's a numbers game. And so on eBay, if you are you've built that reputation, you've had a lot of sales, and you have good feedback, that says something about you. So even if somebody's selling something cheaper than you are, or at the same price as you are and they don't have as good a feedback or they don't even have as many sales. And that's not to say you can't get sales with no, you know, if you don't already have a bunch of sales, but you know, the, the, the cream rises, right? So the more you sell, the, the more you have positive feedback, the more you're going to potentially be able to sell because people are going to be looking at you and say, Hey, this is a person who's got good feedback. Um, and they can kind of look through, sometimes I look through and it's like, Oh, fast shipping item as described. And you know, a plus plus seller, right? Those you can kind of ignore. <laughs> Same thing with Amazon. Some of the, the reviews, you know, the ones to, to ignore. But when you see like quality uh, feedback, when you see somebody say like this arrived early, it was extra padded um, or somebody else saying like I had an issue with my order and this person worked with me, they refunded me. And you see that it's like I'm buying from this person. Why? Because I have confidence in them. And that's that's really what that reputation is, is is your ability to have trust with your buyer. And so the, the better your reputation is, the more sales you're going to have, bottom line. And it's also going to help, I'm sure, in the algorithm. We talk about the algorithm a lot when it comes to things like accepting offers is that bring in more offers or listing frequently. Uh, well, I'm sure that stores that have a reputation of selling a lot, delivering on their promises, not having a lot of negative customer experiences, eBay is going to push those stores more because it's going to make eBay look better than to, to push somebody who's got bad reputation because then that looks bad on eBay. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And along with that, you had mentioned, you know, what it says on the feedback. When people are able to see, for example, like if you sell collectibles and they see that you pack them well, right? If there's instances of that or you you sell a lot of clothing, right? And it's, you know, item was exactly as described, right? Especially in the, in the secondary market. Right. There, there are going to be those times where, you know, you sell used items and it doesn't work out. And so if you're able to resolve the problem, right, and people are able to see that, that is going to go far more than anything I think you can do. Like, for example, you know, I, I talk about the Hot Wheels all the time, but one of the reasons I consistently am selling Hot Wheels, not just because I have good items, 
but also because I packed them well. And whenever somebody says about how well they're packed, that ends up, I, I would say, brings people to my store and goes, okay, I'm not going to buy something from someone and they're going to ship it out to me and it's going to end up damaged by the time it arrives, which leads to my second point is that it saves you a lot of time. So I remember when I was a, you know, just side reseller and I had maybe a couple hundred feedback, I would get a lot of questions, right? Questions I would get would be, you know, uh, how, how do you plan on shipping this? Or, uh, you know, make sure that you do this when you ship it. Make sure you put bubble wrap. Make sure, you know, you put painter's tape, whatever. Uh, make sure that, you know, this item is is free of hair. Like if, you know, because some people get clothing and there's like pet hair on it. Or, you know, I would get all these questions, you know, is the shoe, how does it fit? Like all these. And I would tell you, the the longer I've done this, and I have to believe it, I, I can't say, you know, it's directly related, but I do believe it saves you a lot of time because people don't have to ask those questions of you. Yeah. They right? know that your listing is going to be accurate. Correct. And, and that's really what it comes down to. You know, if, if you're really wanting to buy something and the only person selling it or the person with the best price doesn't have a lot of feedback. Yeah, you might have to ask some some additional questions like what's your return policy? Have you tested this? It's a trust issue. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 it's the reputation, right? And that's what we're talking about. And that's why all is connected here is that reputation is your trust with the customer. Um, and and it it really, I mean, it does. It I, I've experienced the similar things as far as uh, the number of questions. And it and it, it might not be, you got to think about it this way. If you're selling, you know, 20 items a week and you only had a 10% drop or 20% drop in the amount of questions that come in over the course of a year, that could save you hours of going in. Well, let me double check that. Um, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Or just responding to a message. Yes, it fits true to size or the measurements are accurate or yes, I tested this or it's already in the listing. All of those things, even if you don't, we're not saying you're going to have like no more of those questions. They still come through. But even if it's a 10, 20, 30% drop in the amount of those questions you get, it's going to save you a lot of time in the long run. Yeah, agreed. So again, good reputation helps out in profits, saves you time. And also it gives you negotiation room when things go wrong with the platform, right? So on eBay, it's a lot easier, right? Say there's an issue with, with a buyer to contact eBay. And, and I get this pretty much, I would say, eh, like, I don't know, throw an arbitrary number, 70% of the time it's like, Oh, you've been selling with eBay for over 10 years. Thanks so much. And we see that you have 100% feedback. Thank you for providing great customer service. Uh, do they tell you that? Yeah, um, yeah. Right. It's probably in the script. I mean, I get similar things, but it's the same thing. Like when I call about an issue, um, they, yeah, they're going to say things like, oh, I, you know, we can see, you know, you've have you've got this feedback, you're a top rated seller. We talk about being a top rated seller a lot. And those things make a big difference. It's the same thing in some ways of, you know, if you're a customer for something, if you're a customer, uh, my wife is really good at this. I've gotten better at it since I've done like the never split the difference negotiating thing. Um, if you're a customer, let's say with AT&T and you're calling because you want to get more data on your plan or you want your bill to be lowered, um, when you can call in and they're like, yeah, you've been a customer with us for 15 years. You paid all your bills your on time. Bills are paid. You, you're, you're an outstanding customer. Because because companies spend a lot of money acquiring customers. Like when I worked at DirecTV, 
it took, I think it was like at the year two and a half before we started turning a profit on the customer. Because wow. once you consider the cost of the, the equipment we put in their house yeah. and the installation, because those technicians weren't cheap to go out and sometimes spend five, six hours at a house putting okay. stuff in. So it could be a couple of years before you start turning a profit. So when companies are constantly losing customers, and they're switching from company to company, it's, it's devastating to them. And so the same thing is true with eBay. When you have shown yourself as I'm a loyal seller on your platform and I take care of my issues. I've got all of this stuff. Yeah, they're going to be more willing to say, you know what? Okay, so we're going to side with you on this situation or we're going to help you get this negative feedback removed or uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and let you do a partial refund instead of a full refund. There's a lot of different things that get opened up. Uh, some of those seller protections we talk about because of your reputation. And if you don't have that reputation, if you're calling, I mean, maybe if you're a new seller and you're just got an issue, they'll work with you. But if you've developed a reputation and again, I worked at a call center, so I know how it goes. Um, and I'm sure every company has a different like setup, but our customer accounts, when cu customers would call, there were logs and you could see and the logs would get colored if it feels like this was a very negative interaction. And so you could see like, oh, man, this customer has eight negative interactions and they've only been a customer for a year. Well, do you think that happens on eBay? Like, let's I'm say sure you have it does you call like because, you know, it's funny because I, I have some people that say Orlando seems like you call eBay a lot. And honestly, I call maybe eBay once a week. Maybe if that and that sounds like a lot, but you're, you're but a every big seller. Yeah. But every time it closes it's in the positive. It's, right. it's in my favor, right? right? Because it's, it's, so do you think there's something like, let's say I called eight times and seven out of the eight, it was against me. Do you think, I wonder if something like that would pop up, right? Because you For would, sure. I, I would think that the customer service person, on the other end would look at that and go, wow, this person's had seven out of the light, the eight, eight uh, cases closed against them. There's, there's something not right about, you know, what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just think about it even as a teacher, like this is just human nature, even if they're, cause part of it is going to be, cause that's why we say like call and call again and message and message mm -hmm. again until you get the right person who will work with you. Um, because there is a human element to it. They have a certain amount of flexibility and freedom with what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's got to go to a manager or something else, but a lot of times they're, they have a little bit of freedom of, okay, we can, we'll side with you. We'll do this. And part of that's going to depend. Are you nice to them? You, part of that's your reputation too. When you call in, are you belligerent or are you being kind to them? Uh, because those things are going to make a difference. You're, you're, you're building almost a short-term reputation. Like, Hey, is this somebody I want to work with? But think about like, even, you know, as a teacher, you get two students who come to you, there was an issue. And one of them yeah. says this happened. The other one says that happened. You know, are you it's saying like, you play favorites? Absolutely not. But you look <laughs> at you look at the history of things yeah. and you're like, this is a student who hasn't lied to me, who's been consistent, who turns work in on time, who owned up last time they made a mistake. And here's a student who has destroyed their reputation with me. They've lied. They've gotten in trouble twice for cheating. Which one am I going to side with? Well, I'm going to look at the evidence. And if things are kind of even here, I'm going to side with most likely because there's a human element there. You're going to side with the person who has the better reputation. Yeah. And it's the same thing with this. When you're calling in, if you've got that reputation built, you have that negotiation. You've got that that flexibility that they're going to want to work with you um, as opposed to somebody who is constantly an issue, constantly a problem. Uh, so keeping that reputation, that's what we're going to be talking about next is how do you how do you develop that reputation in the first place? And then what do you do if like problems come up? How can we keep that reputation once you've built it? Well, before we go there, uh, we need to talk about another company that has a great reputation uh, with us. It's uh, AmericanBobo.com. Yeah. Uh, I just ordered my other four foot roll. Uh, and yeah, I don't do the four foot rolls. I do the smaller rolls. Uh, but it's funny because when I when I, you know, I'm over at your place and I see you've got the giant <laughs> rolls. I'm like, holy cow, those things are big. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a great company. Uh, they they'll get you your your inventory quickly uh, at a great price. And, you know, we we've personally not had any problems with them. 
Um, we've loved their product. And so we've had a lot of customers, a lot of our listeners who become customers and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. Uh, so at least try it, right? I mean, everybody's got to make up their own choice of, uh, I mean, people get very picky about, you know, certain things that they want. And so try it. It's not going to, it's at such a good price that you try it once, see if you like American Bubble Boy. And I'll be surprised if you're not a, a continual buyer of American Bubble Boy. Yeah. So again, go to the link below, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Use our promo code Pure Hustle Podcast. First time buyers will get a discount. So again, promo code Pure Hustle Podcast. All right. So what do you do? There, there's the before and the after, right? To keep that great reputation. The before, I think this is one of the ones that a lot of people don't talk about is you need to source items that aren't problematic to you. Mm. Right. And generally that source what you know. Now I'm not saying don't, you know, expand and, and, you know, learn other niches or sometimes you pick up other items that you know, are profitable that aren't necessarily something you pick up. But I would say if it's something that is you don't know. Right. So I'll give you an example. You know, I cannot pick up VCRs anymore. And I'm not yep. saying it's, it, it's because like, I don't, I, I, I do know VCRs, but I find them to be problematic, mm-hmm. right? From from the beginning of, you know. you can test it and everything seems fine, but unless you've watched a whole movie on it and tried every feature, you know, someone gets it and it's like, yeah, the rewind works, works the first two times you use it, but then on the third time, something, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. those things come up. And then there's a whole, you know, you yeah, you go home, you test it, then you ship it, right? You got you to gotta do all the packing and then you got to send it out and then something might not work. And so for me, it's just too problematic, Right. I run the risk of negative feedback because all it takes, right, is, you know, that 100 percent can drop to a, I think it's like 99.8 from one negative feedback. Right. And you may not be able to resolve it. And so I, I stay away from electronics. I know a lot of people do that and they're very profitable. But I find for myself, I'm I have way better time with clothing. Right. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting because I remember like clothing was. Not, I don't know. I just got this vibe that clothing wasn't the cool thing when I got into reselling. Like that was what every every reseller got into because clothing was really, you know, really easy. Right. It's what every thrift store has and not every garage sale. But, you know, you can always find clothing. But I find with clothing, it's really easy for me because if like there's a stain that I miss or there's a hole that I miss or there's something not right with it. Generally, I didn't pay that much for it. So I can just refund it. And it doesn't cost me much, right? Unless it's a vintage piece that costs a lot, then ask for a return and we'll talk about that. But I'd rather deal with that than deal with an electronic that doesn't work. And then I also got to worry about, you know, am I going to be getting scammed? Now I got to worry about the shipping because I do free returns. Like how much is it going to cost me? You know, there, there, it just becomes problematic for me, right? And And it's also, I'll give one more category. Uh, video games, right? It it all depends on which you know console. But like for example, I have not had great experience selling video game consoles. Like generally, it, there's something that goes wrong in shipping, or it doesn't work. You know, if it's a Nintendo, you got to blow into the cartridge or something some more. But if I sell controllers and I sell the games and accessories, I'm fine, right? It's not problematic. But I don't run myself into that danger. No, it's good. And and to be clear, we're not saying don't sell electronics. What we're saying is sell what you know. Uh, so maybe for you, your niche, you are, you, you understand vintage electronics. Like that is your niche. You know, you know what people are looking for. You know what conditions people are find acceptable and not acceptable. And so for you, 
vintage electronics or just electronics in general might be far less problematic than clothing, right? So find what works for you. That's why we, you know, Orlando prefaced it with that are problematic for you because everybody's going to be different. So sometimes, yeah, there's that, that, uh, you know, fear of missing out. Like maybe I need to sell this category. Maybe I need to sell this category. And, and we are big proponents of you should be expanding. You should be learning new niches, but as you're learning a niche, start slowly, figure things out, do your research. And you might come to find that this is too problematic, or this is actually one of the easier things that I sell. So definitely find what works for you. Well, real quick, I'll give an example. Also, like Funko Pops. I won't sell Funko Pops. Yeah, it's boxes, right? The bo- It's the box. Like, I can't tell you how many Funko Pops, and you know, maybe there's something wrong with me, but how many Funko Pops I would sell and I would ship and everything's fine. And then I get, hey, there's a crease here or there's a bend here. And I never saw it. Right. And so now, you know, obviously I accept the return and so on. But again, there's somebody that's unhappy. Maybe I shipped it out for a birthday and it ruined somebody's birthday or there's a person that collects them and whatever it is, the Funko Pops and new unbox were just too problematic for me. So I just I just don't deal with it. Yep. So it's good. All right. Now, I think making a good listing prevents a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about being there used to be the time where people like went overboards on the listing. Uh, we've we've we think simple is better. Uh, having just the necessary information, take good pictures, uh, have uh, a a decent description describing the condition of it. And if you know if the, anything wrong with it, make sure to list those things. Uh, but don't go overboard, right? We're not saying you need to write, you know, an essay for each item that you list um, or have all kinds of flashy things happening on your site. But just having a description where you say, uh, this works, this doesn't. Um, when I do sell electronics, a lot of times I just sell them for parts or as is. And I say like turns on, um, untested selling for parts just because, you know, I don't always have all the, you know, you get one piece. It's like, oh, this is a cool piece, but it takes three other things to like run properly and test. And I don't have those things. And so I list that in that way. And I, I have a reduced price and I have far fewer returns because of that, as opposed to, you know, people who try to be vague and say mm-hmm. tested working and they don't really explain that, hey, I haven't tested all the features on it or whatever the situation is. So being clear or having sizes in your clothing, uh, that's a big one because, you know, clothing returns for do not fit uh, can be annoying or shoes, same thing. And so just being very clear with the sizing, like here's the the, the size of the waist, here's the size of the inseam, here's the size of the, the sleeve, the neck. Having those things in there is going to reduce the amount of issues that you have in the long run. Agreed. And, and again... Don't, like you said, don't put too much. And actually eBay in the new like process flow of listings. I don't know if has that popped up for you yet. The new uh, listing template that looks like how you list it on your phone. Yeah, I think so. You got it now. Okay. So one of the things on there, which is interesting, I used to have a template that like I would put the size, the material, the condition, the brand, all that stuff. And I still, I still use it for because I put measurements and so on. But anytime I copy paste that onto that eBay listing, eBay tells me like be, be something like be aware, uh, less is more. Like you don't want to write too much. Mm-hmm. Most listings don't want that much. And so one way, and I know Mike and I disagree on this because we've talked about it a few times on the podcast. Whenever something has a lot of wear or marks, like especially like when it comes to shoes. Oh, I hate the way you word it. I put I put used but not abused cosmetic wear throughout. And I got to tell you, I've not had a single issue with condition. Not one. Not one. Oh, you've had to have one. No, I have not. Honestly. Oh, come on. You've never had somebody say this is in worse condition. I've had the- somebody tell me about a shirt that it was a lot more faded 
than they saw in the picture. That's it. Or or one was like, this this hood was isn't dark brown, it's light brown. Okay, but as far as condition, honestly, I have. I mean, yeah, I have. I had like the soul that fell apart or something. Yeah, I've had that. But as far as somebody contesting, like, oh, you said that there was cosmetic wear throughout. Well, there was excessive cosmetic wear throughout. Like, it's really hard to get around that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like when I buy books used on Amazon, I buy a lot of used books because. Sometimes the price difference is just incredible. Uh, but yeah, and I know it makes sense for them because they have categories and they already have their templates built out. But it's very specific of like their version of used good is how many highlights and yeah. markings and this, right? Like, so it's very thorough as far as what could be potentially wrong with it. Um, and yeah, so I, I think being being thorough can be really good. Um, or like you said, using something like, you know, cosmetic wear. I typically use that like cosmetic wear, scuffing throughout, see pictures for details. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to use the the use but not abuse because to me, that's just too vague of a, <laughs> of a, of a statement because everybody's going to have, cause how about gently use? Cause I, I use that one too. I, see, I don't like that. I don't like when people ask, like for when somebody says like, Hey, I'm looking for a such and such gently use. And it's like, well, I mean, everybody's version of what gently use yeah, is I a agree. little different. I, I will know? say I'm probably not, the, it's not the best. Hey, but if it's working for you, but that kind of leads us into the next point, which is wait before I go there. Before I go I go there, under promise, not under promise. <laughs> yeah, it is under promise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So always remember, this will help you keep your good feedback. Under promise and over deliver. I think accurately promise and accurately deliver. No, because how many times have you shipped out something? They're like, whoa, this is way better than I saw in, in the listing. Right? Yeah, but you might be losing sales if you're like, if you're under promise everything. If you're like. Basically making yourself look like this is trash. Like, no, I mean, I did see one. I think I read it on, uh, on the podcast probably a year or two ago, but somebody basically explained how they, they, in order to prevent issues with, uh, with whatever they said, this item is like one of the funniest ones I saw. It's like something like this item looks like it's been, um, hit with a baseball bat and run over by a truck. And given that it'll be shipped through USPS, it probably will be again before it gets to you. Wow. And I'm like, that's hilarious. That is, Uh, that's a good, that's a good condition. But I, it's it's always don't try to make it seem like for example it's really easy on your phone when you're taking pictures to adjust that brightness right and make the colors look more vibrant than they actually are or you know you can use a different app and you adjust the colors like be careful be careful because in my early days you know i would do some of that and luckily i didn't have any issues but i was like i was like wow i would look i would look at the item when i'm shipping it i'm like Whoa, this doesn't look as good as the pictures that I took. Either way, Orlando and I agree, don't overpromise. Don't don't make it seem like it's in a better condition than it is. Agreed, um, agreed. But then that again kind of leads up to the next point. Um, you know, I'm trying to do the segue thing here. Okay, okay. Um, is even if you do have issues where you're gonna have, you know, some kind of a problem, offering a return policy of some kind. Now Orlando and I do it differently, and I'm sure let us know in the comment below. How do you guys handle return policies? Uh, what has been your you know best practices for that? Uh, but for me, uh, and for both of us, we offer returns. Um, I offer returns, but they they need to pay. Orlando offers free returns. But having a return policy, one, it it gives that trust. I remember when we were going to buy some equipment for the podcast, I was like, hey, I found a couple oh, of okay. things on yep. eBay. Um, here's a couple of the the things that I need in order to make you know the the audio work. And you're like, well, do they have a return policy? And I look, I'm like, oh, no, this one doesn't. And we were willing to pay up like $15 for a different buyer or a different seller that had a return policy because it's like, yeah, what if something goes wrong with it? Uh, if we're stuck paying the return, you know, it's it it's it would have been better off if we'd have just paid a little bit more because we, we were paying several hundred dollars for something. So having a return policy, one, it, it helps build your reputation in the first place. 
right? It builds confidence. It builds confidence. And then if there is that issue with eBay or whatever, you have, you've got something to fall back on. Hey, I offer returns. And then it gives you that negotiation, just like we talked about earlier. So offering returns is very, very useful. And there's probably a lot of benefit to doing free returns. It probably provides even more uh, customer confidence. Um, I find that I, I mean, I get my seller protection and my top rated by just offering returns. Uh, so I do that. And the nice thing is there's been a lot of it, instances where somebody's complained about something and I'm like, sure, ship it back. And then they don't want to pay the shipping. And it's not a, a problem with the listing. If it's ever a problem with the listing, I actually pay for returns. I don't want to say often, but when there are returns, there's times when I pay for the returns because, okay, that, that may have been my bad or I understand the situation, but if it's sorry, this didn't fit me or whatever the situation is, they're paying to send it back to me, right? I'm not, I'm not going to be your rental service. And so that deters a lot of returns. And it also probably deters some of those buyers who potentially could be those problem problematic buyers in the first place. And also understand with returns, it eases tensions, right? You send something out and it's messed up, right? And it's, you know, you, you missed maybe in shipping even, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, but you know, you get a buyer and they can't wait. And they open that package and it's not what they expected. So automatically they, they, you know, they shoot a message towards you. Like, I'm very unhappy. I can't believe this. Da, 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 da. And the easiest thing to do is just say, I'm so sorry. Things didn't work out. You're more than welcome to return it. Below is the link. And, th and that's it. That's it. Right. And so that eases tensions. I've never gotten a negative feedback because usually people like they calm down once they're escalated. And then then when there's an issue, eBay, I will tell you, will side with you far more if you offer returns, if you're a top rated seller, if you have 100% feedback. And on top of that, I would say even if you do free returns, I, I gave that example a few podcasts ago where I had individuals that were renting my stuff, right? They would buy it. I get it back. It was, let's say it was a new jacket. Uh, the tags would be off. Or I remember one time I had a pair of shoes. They didn't, they thought the shoes were, you know, not good and they didn't like it and they returned it to me and there was no laces. <laughs> I was like, what? So I, I gave them, I gave them like a 50% refund, a 50% refund. I kept the other half and they got so angry and they left me a negative feedback. And so I called eBay and they said, well, you offer free returns. You did everything you could to make things right. And they didn't return the product. So. Yeah, that, that's fine. We'll remove it. No big deal. You can keep that 50%. I even had times where let's say the buyer returned something to me in the exact condition, except now it, you could tell it was worn. Like for example, one time somebody like went crazy with like their perfume on, on some kind of jacket I sold mm. and you know, visibly it was fine. Right. You, you can't smell through the pictures. So I called eBay. I'm listen, listen, I, I can't, I can't sell this thing anymore. I can't, you know, I can't do a refund. Uh, and they're like, hey, listen, you, you've had great feedback. You've, you know, offered free returns and you haven't always been calling every single moment to try to work things out. And it's obvious that you have a good record. And so, you know, we're going to just, we're going to refund the buyer and we're going to, you're going to be able to keep your item and get, keep your money and we're all good. Right. So again, I return policy. And I know a lot of people, it's funny because somebody had said, uh, there's a post on our last Instagram. I talked about why returns help because I, I do believe returns keep scammers away because I, there's a lot of scammers that they'll, they'll buy something and then they'll, 
contact you that something's wrong with it. And the moment you offer a refund, you never hear from them again, right? They were just trying to get that money off or trying to get, you know, that partial refund. Partial refund and keep the item. Right. And so, you know, I had people in the comments just saying, easy, just don't offer returns. But the other side of not offering returns is, you know, the data shows that there are less sales that you you do get more sales with offering returns. So not only is it going to help your reputation, but it's also going to end up being more profitable. Bottom line, that's what matters. Bottom line. All right, hey, before we start moving forward to our, you know, I would say famous uh, segment. Yeah. Before so, we get to our hustle of the week. So famous as is on uh, other uh, shows. Yeah. Send them to us. Don't should we, should we play people. that? At some point. Maybe our next update episode. Our next update. Okay, we'll yeah. do our next update episode. Uh, but uh, anyways, our hustle of the week. But if you have not been following us on social media, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Hustle Podcast. Also follow us on Twitter. We are Pure Hustle Cast. Uh, you can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. That's purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to the podcast, if you never caught our YouTube, we are uh, dropping videos when we can. Life is getting kind of busy. Uh, but we always have our Monday mini-sodes that do not end up on the podcast. And yeah, so you are missing out. If you're not a subscribed to YouTube, you're missing out on content. So just come on over, hit that subscribe, hit that like button, hit that like button right now for this episode that you're listening to yeah. and hopefully watching. And yeah. uh, also hit that bell notification so you're notified when something new pops up. And also uh, grateful for all the reviews that uh, people have sent, uh, not sent, but have submitted into iTunes. Uh, the reviews always help us in the algorithm. Uh, we always know because there was a time when we would type in uh, pure. And our name would never come up. Now, when we type in pure, our name comes up as a third in the search. So moving on up. Let's get to number one. We are moving on up and we're grateful for all uh, the reviews that we get. We're still on the 500 club, hoping to get to 600. I just want to read the last two. I appreciate uh, this is from uh, Esterica, Esterical 88. And they said, I loved your last show. Uh, Would appreciate if you can look into how... uh, Ooh, goodwill is charitable. Greedwill. We, we actually have a we have a, a whole video I think on on specifically the the goodwill situation. Uh, so yeah, check back on our old on a podcast. So check back on our old podcast. I don't remember which number it was. Yeah, I don't know. We had did a good, we do that. Yeah, we had a whole segment where we talked for a long time about the, that's the right. Situation. I think it was like an update episode, part, yeah. wasn't it? Okay. And maybe maybe we'll I don't know maybe we'll do it again. We haven't done our specialized episodes like that in a while. Uh, when you say they provide jobs, do they just pay their employees? <laughs> this is for a commentary. Uh, how is that charitable? I know. Da, 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 da. Um, okay. Yeah. Well. No, I mean, again, thank you for the review. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I th- those are great points. I think you make great points. Uh, Orlando's trying to be, uh, um, you know, politically correct right now. And, and we, we, we want to well, do no, I wanted to highlight people living, leaving. So they said they love the podcast. I just, I didn't want to go into, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we want to do our due diligence because we've, we've, said a lot of things about goodwill but before we have any any kind of because because there are definitely some huge flaws and problems we have with them but at the same time uh there is good they do so we don't want to just you know bash them so um you know th- there's uh we thank you though for taking the time to uh to comment on our podcast and uh yeah we'll definitely look into that, that that's a good thing too if you've got episode suggestions a good way to make sure we read your episode suggestion is leave us a review there on, you go. Uh, that's a great on, idea. on itunes and we will talk about it so got, consider talking about it got one more here from dewey stew uh brand new they're not even resellers yet mm-hmm. so it said my wife and i are considering getting to reselling as a fun hobby and to earn some extra money it's a great fun hobby you make oh, money yeah. you'll make money we discussed it for the first time yesterday this morning i discovered your podcast 
uh, while listening. I learned that you guys are from San Diego. I'm from San Diego too. Nice. I grew up in the South Bay. Uh, we now live in Maryland, close to DC and Baltimore. So I'm going to take this as a sign. It is a sign. I mean, reselling that the reason we do this podcast, I mean, my mission over the last several years has kind of evolved, but a big part of what's what I'm passionate about is helping show other families how to get financial independence, like having, 100%. A, having a stable family uh, where you're, you're not reliant and maybe you're just an individual, but being a, a, a self-sufficient person. And like you mentioned, a fun hobby, you are going to make money. And as you continue to go through it, you're going to continue growing and you'll get to a place where either one, you're, you're, you're significantly um, supplementing your income or two, you can move more towards like Orlando and actually do it full time. So it gives you freedom. It gives you options. And then when there's inflation or when, you know, your car breaks or your rent gets increased or whatever happens, you're not stressed out about money because you have some independence in your life. And so reselling has definitely given us that. And so we hope that, uh, that you find that to be the same. Well, and it's been true. I mean, I, you know, how company have mission statements. We, that was kind of, that's our statement. I mean, even you see it in our description, our podcast, a place where we discuss how to level up your standard of living through reselling. Yep. And that's our goal. And Mike and I have, uh, Definitely leveled up our standard of living because of reselling. So thank you to all of you, by the way, again, for all the support uh, at the Patreon or PayPal or, or just tuning in. Thank you. Yeah. All right, are you ready? Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. Our first one comes from Mike. So, um, hey, good name there. Uh, IG handle at Coastal Bend Picker. So went to his honey hole thrift store and came across a binder for 80 cents, listed it on eBay. And within about two weeks, it sold for $133. And do you want to, do you want to know what kind? Is I it like know. a Pokemon binder or like no, a school let's, binder? Let's see if you go finger. Do you know some of the binders you're looking at, keep an eye for? I don't. Some of the bolos. I don't know, but talking to the mic while you're, while oh, you're telling me that. Some of the, some of the bolos. Yeah. What are some binder right, bolos? So this is, so I'll, 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 let, you, I'll let you read. So it is a. Lisa Frank Vintage Tiger 3 three ring zip up binder from the 90s. I mean, 90s, man. That's, it's, you know, I think we're moving towards like the 2000s are back, right? Like, you know how it's like the 80s were back and then the 90s were back. I just posted on, for us on Instagram about that. Like 80s clothing. I mean, 2000s becoming vintage now. Yeah. That's right. Oh, gosh. I'm old. Is that crazy? But 80 cents to $133 in a binder. And these binders are like pretty like bright yeah like so keep an eye out for lisa frank uh thanks so much mike coastal ben picker all right next we got luke ig handle ct flips underscore uh constantly listens to our show appreciates our show thank you for the support uh friend contacted him if he wanted a cool 1950 hubbly old pal so if you're like what is what is this hubbly old pal okay so it's a uh, hubbly if you look it up on on Google, just Google Hubley, H-U-B-L-E-Y, you're going to find uh, all these horses. And I never knew about it, right? But man, even like the little miniature horses, like go for like a hundred bucks, 200 wow. bucks. They're just, they're just toys. Well, this thing is like a ride on, you know, when you're a kid, oh, and like yeah, you yeah. ride on these like wooden horses uh -huh. kind of deal. And uh, so I asked them, I'm like, okay, so is your, so basically let me read it. Uh, one found it, they found it in their attic and they sold it to him for 10 bucks. So I'm like, okay, so is your friend cool about the fact that like you bought it for 10 bucks? And like, no, no, it's somebody that I found on Facebook marketplace and I bought stuff from before developer relationship. And now whenever they're cleaning out the, uh, their attic, they contact me. Nice. And, uh, you know, again, I congratulate Luke because that is one of the best way to get scores is make connections 
from a previous purchase and you know they know you're the go-to person and so you don't even have the nice thing about that is you don't have to compete with anybody right and generally they're okay with the price because they know you're going to pay them well so uh ended up looking up comps hasn't sold yet but comps are 250 plus right so if you even if you go to his page and you look at it it's it's a pretty cool it's just this huge like <laughs> right on to it's a wooden horse from the 1950s right so that's an awesome thanks, one. Thanks so much, Luke. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and skip this next one because I know for a fact I did this last time. Uh, so I think it's still on there. Well, um, really? Yeah. Um, okay. I know. Uh, I'll come back to you. So are you going to show your hustle of the week? Yeah, sure. My hustle All of the right. week is, um, and it's not a big one. I mean, sometimes, you know, the hustles of the week are, are for at least me personally, I don't, I can't have a huge one every week, but um, it was kind of cool because I picked up a uh, Kansas City Chiefs hat, snapback hat at a thrift store when I was on a road trip. And I picked it up. Uh, I think they were doing like half off day uh, of clothing. And so I think it was like a $2 hat. I paid a dollar for it. And I think I got it wrong because I, I don't follow sports very much. I'm not a huge sports fan. I don't have the time for it. Um, I, I played football in high school. So it's not that I hate sports. I just don't have time for it. But so I got mixed up. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good buy because they're changing their name. Right. And I got them mixed up with the Redskins because I knew the, the the Washington Redskins were changing their name. And so I was like, it's going to be worth money because it's like an old logo. Well, it was the Chiefs, and then they obviously have been doing really well. Made it to the Super Bowl last year, I think, uh, and then almost made it this year. So during playoff time, this sold, and this hat sold for you know like over thirty dollars for a one dollar hat. And hats are easy to ship, so maybe I could have got more for it. I don't know, but uh, when you've got teams going to the Super Bowl or doing well in the playoffs, uh, it's a good time to raise prices. But it was kind of a hustle of the week because it was an accidental buy. I don't think huh. I would have bought it if I if it wasn't for the. I mean, for a dollar, I probably would have bought it. But I wouldn't have been as like, ooh, this I should consider buying this. Um, if it wasn't an accident of thinking, oh yeah, this might be like worth money because it's like an old logo. They're changing their name. Yeah. And it was the wrong team that I was thinking of, and it still worked out in my favor. I didn't know the Chiefs were a good team, but I guess they are. There you go. I mean, I, I'm a 49er They've fan. They've been a good team, but, but I watch like yeah. one. I watch like one football game every couple of years, and it's like if the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl or really far in the playoffs. That's about it. Yeah, I'm that way too. So, yeah. I get that. All right, we'll get to our other listener hustle of the week in a moment, but uh, I'll share mine too. Uh, and so mine is not a sold yet, uh, but I wanted to share this because again, the power of networking, the the power of handing out your business card. And so I've been sourcing like crazy lately, like crazy. I mean, Mike can attest to, I literally have multiple piles of clothing uh, everywhere at my place. And uh, part of it is because my helper also got sick and she's been behind, but it's just, I have a lot, which is, which has been great. And one of the connections I ended up getting, it's somebody, you know, who uh, I had contacted and deal didn't work out. But I ever, ever said, hey, if you ever change your mind, let me know. Sometimes, you know, you leave your business card or, you know, you do a message through a local ad. You may not hear from that person for like two years or three years. This time it was in two days. <laughs> not even two days, it was like within a day. And so it was for some Hawaiian shirts. And I think I've shared another Hawaiian shirt haul. I've had a lot of hauls. And... You know, they had contacted me and they're like, you know what, uh, why don't you come on by and, and let's see, you know, we have some other stuff and let's see what we can do. So I show up and you know me, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rain Spooner shirts, especially because I think they're harder to find and they're also very profitable. And so, 
you know, I, I went to their place and I, I was only going to pick up, I was going to pick up like, I think it was like five shirts or something. And we started talking and <laughs> they take me in their place and there is rain spooner everywhere, like everywhere from like ads to backpacks to wallets to I, who, who knows they were rain spinner connoisseurs i mean no they they were they were and i'm like wow like i'm so glad i left my info behind and then we started talking and 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 i said hey so uh, do you have other items you're wanting to sell and and so i made a deal for some you know backpacks and then they're like hey we got more and then they went and they had closets full Right. And so I'm like, wow. And so I ended up having a huge buyout. Now, though, I'm still waiting uh, to list some of those. I'm doing a lot of the research, uh, but, you know, I got it at a good price. On top of that, again, it, it you could be about business, but you, you know, it's always pay. It always pays to be friendly. So I, I literally hung out with these these guys for like probably 45 minutes. And they knew I was a reseller and they, they shared to me, they shared with me about what kind of Hawaiian shirts to look out for things I never heard of. Mm. Right. What are some of the spots to go to in Southern California where you can find some good Hawaiian shirts? Uh, so that goes back to our idea of reputation, right? Like you, you built a reputation with them of being a, a good guy that they're willing to talk to. Yeah. It was crazy because you're right. Cause what they did is I, I said, uh, you know, do you have any more? And like, you're a good guy. Let's just add this, this to the pile. They didn't even charge me more for the extra, mm. right? Because I already had made the deal. So they're like, oh, let's just throw it in. And again, it wasn't anything of me. It was just, you know, I was just high and, and I was interested. And so I learned a wealth of knowledge. I learned about what kinds of tags. I learned about what are some uh, unique shirts that you really can't find that are discontinued, uh, where to buy. Uh, you know, I even learned about places in Hawaii to go to. And whenever I go to Hawaii and to source, I was like, my goodness, like mm. literally the money I pay, the profit I'm going to make isn't even close to the amount of knowledge that I'm going to gain that I did gain from these individuals. And so, uh, you know, still, I'm still probably going to work on some other stuff that I'm going to pick up here uh, in the future. But again, networking, networking is so key. So if you haven't had a business card, get a business card. You spend that $50. It's totally worth it to you. Always be willing to leave your phone number and your name. You never know a deal. And I'm also working on another deal on another huge haul. Uh, I've got some of it already purchased and it's more. And again, my goal, if you've been listening to our update episodes has been to never to go to a thrift store, except maybe once a week. Mm. And uh, it, it's coming through so far. So, all right, let's share our other listener house of the week. Cause Orlando did a complete fail. I thought, doesn't Google docs like keep everything. Like when you type it, I swore I typed this up. So anyways, all right. So I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it over to Mike. So I'll, I'll give him the Instagram uh, post. So here you go. Do you think you can work with that or do you want me to do it? Um, I could I could try to. All right. So, well, I mean, I see what it's sold for. No, but this is this is the person and here's the story. Oh, gotcha. All right. Uh, so uh, at Good Girl Vintage USA. I forgot to ask for their name. I'm sorry. Uh, picked up a three inch mouse. Uh, and it is a vintage Steiff Fowl Schwarz Peeps Pink Bridesmaid Mouse Dress Necklace Red Eyes. Okay, so it's like a little mouse. It's like a little. <laughs> it literally is a little mouse. Yeah, it's like a little like a like a neck mouse thing. Um, and bought it at an auction in a bag of a Steiff plush for sixty five dollars. Uh, so the cost, the average cost, was ten dollars a piece. So this mouse is about ten bucks. 
Did some research on eBay and realized that the mouse was special. Uh, put it up for auction and let the market decide the value. Uh, sometimes that's a good uh, thing to do. Uh, so um, sold it for $331 plus about $9 shipping. Jeez, from 10 bucks. Even if that's your only sell from that $65 bag, yeah, man, that's, a, that's a killer deal. And Stife, Stife sells well. I mean, I've, I've only run into, I've only picked up about uh, two pieces uh, Stife and and they've sold well. So nice. uh, thanks so much, uh, Good Girl Vintage USA. I am so sorry I did not ask for your name, but uh, go check out her page. She has some awesome sales. Again, Good Girl Vintage USA on Instagram. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we move on to what do you do after? Like, how do you keep your reputation when you failed? Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. But before we do, what do you do if you have hair on your head and you like to keep a nice clean look? Do you know, Mike? And and when you specifically say hair on your head, you mean like like just stubble, and and maybe maybe you are like me and you for a long time just use like a regular electric razor, like a like a haircutting one, just because you got it close. Or maybe maybe uh, you're holding on to hair you shouldn't be holding on to. Or maybe you're still going old school and using a razor razor, and you're cutting yourself. Oh, I remember that watching. I, I never wanted to shave my head with a razor because I used to watch my dad shave oh, every day. Yeah, just the worst. Always had nicks on his head and head cuts bleed like crazy. You know if you've had to do it, but we don't do that because we use Skull Shaver and Skull Shaver is an incredible product. Uh, I've told it to a lot of people. I've showed a lot of people. I mean, they see my head and they're like, man, your dome looks so good. And I'm like, it's Skull Shaver, <laughs> man. It's Skull Shaver. I had one person at my work who bought it for her boyfriend and uh yeah he loves it right and because you know if you're used to using a regular razor or you've kind of just you know maybe you you let it go and you just kind of keep it buzzed down short or you're letting that like i said that kind of the yeah the fringe go don't just go go clean dome i uh, i went to church the other day and uh, my pastor saw me and i just used a skull shaver maybe like an hour before going in and he was even like oh my goodness your head looks so good you just cut it and i always keep my head cut short so it's like it, it's that good so get yourself a skull shaver use promo code php um, that is our new promo code for skull shaver and you'll get a great discount and uh, it lets them know that we sent you so it helps us out all right so what do you do after like you know you want to keep that 100% or that great rep maybe it's a 99.8 on on amazon or ebay one of the things I see a lot of people not do is they don't answer right away. When you have somebody that's angry. Now, there there's the times when they're super angry and maybe it's good to wait an hour or two and let them cool down. But you don't know if that's going to happen. Right. They could be heated the entire time. And so you remember, how upset are you when something there's an injustice? Right. And you want it resolved right away. Well, think about it. that's the same way with the buyer. Right. The buyer has bought something. They were looking forward to something. There's something wrong with it. And right away, they're thinking, I can't wait to give that negative feedback. Right. And I, I don't know if eBay has, a, there needs to be like a three day waiting period. I don't know if somebody in the comments can let me know, is that still around? There needs to be like, you could not leave a negative feedback until three days. Don't know if that's changed. Uh, but answer, answer right away. Because when you answer right away, it lets the customer know that you care about who they are. You care about what they bought and you're looking to make things right. So have you, have you had any times where like, you're like, Oh man, I better get this person right away. Um, yeah. I mean, so I kind of look at it like this, like when you get an email or you get something, uh, a text message, sometimes the, if it's a personal thing, it's a good idea to wait to respond. Agreed. Agreed. Because waiting to respond, allow you to cool down. 
But we've talked a lot about, you know, you're running this as a business. You've got to be professional and none of it's personal. If they're upset, even if they're like, you sell fraud stuff, you're trying to rip me off. It's not personal. They don't know you. They don't know your life. They're not attacking you as an individual. They're upset. Maybe they're the the scammer. Who knows, right? Maybe they're having a bad day. So you don't take it personally. But unlike a personal situation, yeah, waiting is not the best idea because it's just going to cause them to fume on it. But maybe you need some more time to resolve the situation. Maybe you're like, I don't know. I need to look into it. Like, why, why is it being delayed? Maybe. So if you need more time, I mean, at least respond and say, Hey, thank you for letting me know. Um, let me look into this or something like that, because letting them know right away that you're, you're on it is going to definitely help. So, um, or like you said, if you offer returns just right away, say, I'm sorry, you're unhappy with your purchase. Um, go ahead and send it back for a refund. Um, and be, when you do respond, be polite, right? Because you got to remember, this is like a, a, a trail. So if they're coming at you very aggressive, if they're very angry and you're constantly responding back, not in a condescending professional way, because there's a way of doing that, you know, yeah. but, but doing it with, with some genuine, even if you don't feel it, even just think though, eBay may review this. If this goes to like a dispute, I want to be on the side. I want to have the reputation of I'm so sorry, um, you know, I, 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 you're not happy with it, or I'm sorry that that happened during shipping, um, and then offer the refund or partial refund or whatever it is you're going to do to resolve the situation, or even just letting them know, like, unfortunately, uh, I've had to do this in the past. Unfortunately, due to my policies, you're going to have to pay to return it. Um, but by responding right away, then they respond angry again. And then when it goes to an eBay dispute, you've got all of the records of, hey, I responded as soon as they sent it. I was kind, I was polite, I've offered them solutions. So it, it, you definitely want to respond right away. Oh, agreed, agreed. Now, along with that, you want to respond with options, mm. right? Like you said, right away, putting that, hey, if you're welcome to return it, that's an option. Or right? partial refund sometimes, like that, that could be the two options. I've done that before, say, you, you can return this. Maybe something happened and it was like my fault. I've said, you know, I tested this and it works, but then they respond like we talked about VCRs in the beginning. And that, that's what they say is like, yeah, everything works, except for if you rewind a video for more than 10 seconds, it starts wow, you freaking out. You know, crazy. like, yeah. who knows? Like, yeah. maybe I just tested it. Yep. Oh, okay. Rewinds. It fast forwards. Um, so then you can, okay, maybe this is my fault. So you can say, I'm sorry this happened. Um, I can, you can send it back for a full refund. Or if you'd like, I can take $20 off the, you know, the price. I can send you $20 back and you can keep the item. Uh, please let me know how you'd like to proceed. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even respond to that. Right. And it's just, it's you're good to go. But by offering options, it's very, very helpful. Um, and again, it shows that you're willing to work with them. It gives them a sense of, okay, I can calm down. They're going to be less likely to give you negative feedback. And if they do give you that negative feedback, you've got that paper trail. Yeah. And some other options you could give too is, you know, you are welcome. You know, if you have another item, you can offer them another item. Hey, I have something similar. If you don't have something similar, uh, there's always a, you're welcome to anything inside my store for 20% off uh, right now. Just let me know. Uh, and you know, I can cancel the transaction. I mean, that's more on down the road. If there's, you know, you're out of stock of an item and you want to keep your feedback, mm-hmm. you don't want that negative defect on there. So you let them know, Hey, I'm sorry. This item is no longer available. You're welcome to anything in my store for 20% off, or I can cancel the transaction. And you're like, and, and I've said this many times, I share this many times, but if you're new to this, you might be like Orlando, like, aren't they just going to say, just cancel it? Yes. And you want them to, because then you can go and say, buyer asked to cancel the order and you're good to go. Right. It doesn't give you a negative defect. And so you want to give the option. And one, another option that eBay has introduced to us in the last year is 
coupons. So I already have a coupon ready to go. If I'm out of stock or there's an issue, it's a 20% off uh, anything in my store. And I just say, hey, I'm so sorry for the convenience. Here's a 20% off coupon for any other future purchases. Do they ever take me up on that? No, but it gives them the option. It's, it's you want to do everything you can to divert that individual from going to the negative feedback route. Yeah. And that kind of leads into the last point of like going above and beyond. And I think giving options is one of those ways you go above and beyond is you're saying, Hey, you can send it for a full refund. And if you'd like, here's a 10% off coupon. Um, this even counts for sometimes, um, like you mentioned in the beginning, we hate when this happens, doesn't happen very often. Hopefully it never happens to you. Uh, but let's say you sell something and then you go to get it. Let's say you go to get it off the shelf. And as you're taking it off the shelf, it slips and falls and breaks. That's the worst. Right. Or you realize I don't have it or I can't find it. One time I lost a watch, right? Still to this day, I don't know where it is. So when those things happen, when you go above and beyond and say, hey, I'm sorry this happened. You know, we're going to have to cancel the order. I can't ship it to you. It broke or it's unsafe. One time I had a pair of uh, of like those like duck feet things you use for swimming in the water. Um, like what are they called? Flippers. Um, and they sell really well for me, but I had one pair that was great condition. It sat for a while. And then as I went to sell it, I noticed the back was like starting to rip and I'm like, this isn't safe. Like if they go out in the water with this, yeah, like yeah. it's going to break. I don't want that on me. So then I let them know like, Hey, this happened. I don't feel safe sending this. I mean, I could send it to you broken if you want, or we can cancel the order. You can take 10% off like offering those options. And by doing that, by going above and beyond, even if they're frustrated, it's like, okay, they've got options they can go for, or they're like, you know what? Sure. Thanks. I will take a discount or yeah, you can still send it to me, even though it has that new scratch from, you know, you, you scraping it on the shelf as you were pulling it off. Uh, and I'll gladly take that $15 discount. Right. Yeah. So by going above and beyond letting them know, Hey, this is in worse condition than I originally posted. Um, would you still like it? If so, I'll give you a discount. If not, I'll go ahead and cancel the order. So I'll give you guys a, a real, real case scenario that just happened recently. And, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, say Orlando, he's so good at what he does. Uh, I just, I just, this is what I mean by, uh, by going the extra mile. So the, the other day I had, I had a, <laughs> had an item that sold, uh, and it was like, a what do you call those? The serious satellite radios. Mm -hmm. And I had two packages. Now I thought I had already sold the one package. So what I mean is I thought I had. So one was like a, a remote and a battery or something like that. And the other one was the Sirius XM radio itself. The person had bought the radio. Mm. The packages looked the same. I sent them the green package that had the remote and battery and not the radio. Yeah, this is definitely a story where someone's like, man, Orlando, you're so good at this. I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm the, well, I, I don't even know how that happened. Right. So I, I'm seriously, I'm like, I, I wasn't in a rush either. Right. One of the things we could talk about, one of the ways to keep your good feedback is don't be rushed in everything. Like, make sure you take the time to do it right. I did everything right. I just I guess I didn't look at the package. So I get this message and they said, I just received my item. Why did you send me the wrong item? And that's how they said it, because they had the extra you know, question mark. Sorry for the volume. Sorry for your eardrums. I ordered the new, you know, roadie XT, blah, blah, blah. You sent the roadie XT, blah, blah, blah. So I sent the wrong one. I opened my package in disbelief. Now I have to spend money on postage, sending this item back to you. And I go on my trip with on my radio. This is unbelievable. And I'm like, you know, and, and the, the unfortunate thing is I opened this in the middle of like my teaching, like the, my students were like doing something and I'm like, oh, great. Like, you know, and I couldn't resolve it right away, but I did as soon as I had a break. So I replied, I said, I am so sorry. My apologies. Not sure what happened. 
I fully refunded you the amount, including the shipping. So I'm already out that money. Okay. That money's gone. It was probably, it was like 50 bucks in total. Okay. You're welcome to keep it. I can look back in my inventory and see if I can locate it and send the express again. My apologies. So I was, I already gave him the 40 and then I was probably going to drop another 30 to $40 to make this right out of my own pocket. Not saying you have to do this, but again, is $80 worth me keeping my positive feedback? To me, it is right. Because, you know, I don't know how that's going to affect the kind of sales, the high, I get high dollar sales all the time. I get higher uh, sales on items and other individuals that list the same item. And I think reputation plays a part. So I eventually got home and, you know, he replied, thanks for your thoughtful reply. You already refunded my money. If you can locate in your inventory, the right item and send it and express send it express when I would receive it. So they're already toned down, right? They're not, they're not angry. They're not upset. Uh, when you mean express, do you mean next to delivery two days? I leave on my trip Wednesday. So this was a Monday. Uh, so I doubt I would receive it by then. Since you've refunded my money already, what would I owe you now once I receive the right item if you send it? So they, they wanted to make things right now, right? They're, they're still willing to pay me after the fact. Thanks for trying to make things right. The, 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 but here's the thing. The, the, the way the story ended is interesting because so I, I got home. And I located the item. I sent him a picture of like the padded express envelope and the item like, hey, here's the right item. I'm about to drop this off. And they said, and so I said, I located the item and I'm ready to pack it. Once I canceled uh, the e the eBay transaction, which was weird, it didn't show me your address anymore. Please let me know your address and I will drop it off today and send you tracking after I print the label, which I was going to go via pirate ship. So then, then they replied, Thanks for replying, but I no longer need the item. I found another one in storage. I thought I had lost. Thank you. So there you go. So did the guy make out with 40 bucks? Yeah. Did I have to send it express? No. Right. So save me that extra cost. But I went the extra mile in customer service. And I, I really I'm grateful because that one that probably could have been a negative feedback. I don't know if eBay would have removed that one. No. Right. That was completely That's an ad. that was completely my fault. No. Completely my fault. But still was able to make things right and I was able to maintain that hundred percent feedback. And I'm hoping I can hold it for a long time. That's right. So I hope this uh, episode was very helpful to you or maybe just, you know, gave you some good reminders or maybe you got some bolos from those awesome hustles a week yeah. uh, from our different listeners. Thank you for submitting those and appreciate all of you. As always, want to help us out, you can always go to patreon.com slash pierce podcast. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace.